नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू द एट पॉडकास्ट एपिसोड ऑफ द ईयर 2022 ऑन बिहाफ ऑफ द होल एसएपी फैमिली आई वुड लाइक टू थैंक यू फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन दिस इज आवर ऑगस्ट एपिसोड नंबर 86 ऑफ एसएपी इंटीग्रेशन एंड एक्सटेंशन टॉक एंड दिस मंथ इज प्रीटी इंटरेस्टिंग माय डियर लिसनर्स as in some parts it marks the dog days of summer <laughs> not the cute pets i'm talking about but the star sirius also known as dog star then in some parts prime rainy season giving a perfect segue to festivities so let's take some time to listen in what sap business technology platform brings to you and in this episode we have three main sections first we will talk about some great new additions made to our sap business technology platform business services and how they can take enterprises a step closer to become intelligent and sustainable second a deep dive conversation with experts from platform advisory team for sap btp with them we will be talking about how sap data warehouse cloud and fedml hyperscaler libraries for azure can be leveraged for creating an end to end automated solution for ml experiments without moving or duplicating data to the hyperscaler so don't hit that pause button yet and finally some roadmap items of our btp services followed by a cool customer success story so let's quickly hear what are those new additions and enhancements that were made to sap business technology platform business services on sap btp abap environment side with the recent release developers can now create service definition extensions this enables them to extend sap's service definitions or the service definitions of their company along with this they can now use the new api catalog editor to display the documentation of api catalogs with this new feature in sap process automation businesses can add qualtrics survey as a participant to their visibility scenario that helps them optimizing an end to end process along with operational insights these were just selections for some of the enhancements made to the business services on sap btp to know more about these features and other business services please refer the links in the show notes you can also give us a shout out on our social media channels with your questions and requests or you can also drop us an email at platformtalks@sap.com moving to the next segment of this episode where we invite experts to talk about a specific business challenge and how sap btp along with its business services can solve those challenges and this time we have cameron korsandi and jack seberger the fourth from platform adoption advisory team for sap business technology platform welcome cameron and jack to our eighth podcast episode of the year 2022 hey grado how's it going thanks for having us great to be here Awesome. Uh guys before we head towards the topic and you enlighten us with how businesses can predict and analyze detail inventory allocation using SAP Data Warehouse Cloud and FedML libraries can you please tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. 
Uh, my name is Cameron Corsandi, as you mentioned. I'm part of the platform adoption advisory team. Um, also a team within that team, which is called the strategic customer engagement, um, part of the TNI board area. Uh, so what we do is we have a team of designers, engineers, and data scientists um, to really showcase to customers what they can do uh, with the BTP portfolio. Um, and we do that typically through POCs, a proof of concepts that we work with the account teams and alongside the customers uh, to really make them realize uh, their ideal scenarios. I'm Jack. I'm a senior data scientist on the team with Cameron. So um, I focus on working with him to identify new use cases and architectures and then work with our team of designers, engineers, architects to bring those to life and really bring new innovation to our customers and through those POCs. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And listeners, in today's conversation, we will hear how SAP BTP with its SAP Data Warehouse Cloud service helps businesses model the queries across distributed data sources without the need to extract any data out of anywhere. Then with SAP Analytics Cloud helps visualize the live data to compare retail sales and prediction using data coming in from online retail platforms. So Cameron and Jack, whenever we invite experts in our podcast, we play a small fun guessing game with them. Do you want to play with us? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Great. Uh, so the game is, I'll be reading an abstract, mostly sci-fi related, and you must guess from where it is, like a movie, web series, or a famous quote. You can always ask friends. Ready? Ready. Ready. Okay, so I'll be reading a snippet and here it goes. <clears throat> Some people choose to see the ugliness in this world, the disarray. I choose to see the beauty, to believe there is an order to our days, a purpose. I know things will work out the way they are meant to. Where is it from? Mm, this is a tough one. Yeah, this is hard. Jack, do you know? Uh, I feel like I should know. For as much sci-fi I read and watch. Um, so I feel like I'm really failing here. Is it a movie or a animation? Uh, it's not an animation. Okay. Try to see the beauty. If you want, I can share the first hint with you. Uh, should we go for it? Yeah, let's give us the hint. <laughs> okay, so your first hint here is the plot of the snippet that I read is based on the intersection of the near future and the reimagined past. Mm. This is a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that that was that helpful. <laughs> so much sci-fi. <laughs> Is there a hint number two? Absolutely, why not? So here it is. One of the main characters in this is named Dolores. Oh, 
This is from Westworld. Ah, this bingo, is, uh, bingo, Jack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, spot on. <laughs> I should have known. I'm watching the fourth season right now. Ah, I really enjoyed watching season one. Should have said so, uh, AI companions and things like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty straightforward then, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. So now we resume back to the topic on how enterprises can predict and analyze retail inventory allocation using SAP Data Warehouse Cloud and FedML Hyperscale libraries. And my first question to the experts here is, uh, when you came up with this use case on how enterprises can explore SAP Data Warehouse Cloud and FedML Hyperscale libraries to source data, build, train and deploy machine learning models on hyperscaler platforms what were those business challenges you know you thought this scenario would solve yeah i mean i can take that one so kind of the genesis this solution in this architecture and kind of the cool thing that comes from the work we do on this team so it actually came from another poc so we were working on a poc creating a solution for a customer addressing their needs and then in doing so we kind of discovered this new kind of problem that we were seeing and that we started to see across different customer POCs of customers investing in a kind of multi-cloud scenario where we see customers, they don't just have one cloud provider, they now have multiple to address their their different needs because there's kind of not this kind of one size fits all anymore and they can kind of pick and choose with what's, what best works for their environment and for their for their business. So in seeing this, we saw that customers and especially customers that were working with in the kind of data science and the ML space wanted to utilize SAP data um, on a hyperscaler platform. And to do so, they were kind of going through this complicated process of moving all that data from one place to another, doing all this complicated ETL, now having to maintain data in two different places, keep that up to date, keep that data in sync, and kind of bring it across platforms. So we kind of came up with the solution that allowed you to do the same things you were doing, leverage your hyperscaler investments and leverage your SAP data, but to do that without having to replicate it across sources. So now with the kind of FedML solution, the FedML architecture, you can access data from SAP in a hyperscaler without replication. And then using Data Warehouse Cloud, you can also bring in data from different different hyperscaler sources. So as your kind of multi-cloud universe grows and you add on different cloud providers or different data sources, you can kind of use them and bring them all together in one space and then consume them wherever you like. Great. Uh, thanks, Zach. And you also mentioned about the outcomes uh, of this scenario. Uh, can you also talk about some uh, BTP services and additional components that were used in this solution? Um, yeah, so this solution kind of focuses on SAP Data Warehouse Cloud and the kind of Data Warehouse Cloud Federation architecture um, is kind of the really centerpiece of this of this kind of solution, this kind of BTP architecture. But in using Data Warehouse Cloud, you also get the benefits of being able to tightly couple with SAP Analytics Cloud and kind of create this kind of unified SAP picture where all your data can come together one place. You can do cool things on your hyperscaler or in your SAP environment, bring this together, and you're kind of really building this semantic layer in Data Warehouse Cloud and then consume that and do visualizations in SAC or whatever other BTP products that you're using. Cameron, can you talk about some steps? You know, the key steps typically a customer will have to perform to implement this business solution? 
Definitely. Well, I'd say the first step, if they're not already a DWC customer, um, to definitely try out uh, DWC either in a trial version or, you know, speak with an account representative to implement DWC. But once they do and once they have Data Warehouse Cloud, they can certainly look into the Jupyter Notebook that we have or the FedML library uh, that the team has developed. They can connect to their data sources. So whether that be their on-prem systems, SAP, non-SAP, as well as their happy scale sources. So once they have those connections made, then they can kind of use the Python code or the library, the FedML library, to now join their data sets together. So I would say the steps would be the connection to Data Warehouse Cloud and then using the FedML library to join those data sets. Okay. So is my understanding right that this use case can also work with outside on-prem systems? Correct. This works for SAP and non-SAP datasets. Awesome. Uh, you also mentioned some other cloud data sources. So how do I tune queries executed via models, you know, that combine cross cloud sources and SAP sources in SAP Data Warehouse Cloud? If you can talk a bit about that. Yeah. So if you want to tune your queries across different sources and the kind of unify these kind of different sources together, you can leverage the kind of data warehouse cloud architecture, as I was saying. So what is kind of happening is when you are bringing data sets together, there's a cool kind of, you can do it a couple different ways. In, in Data Warehouse Cloud, you can bring it together using the kind of user interface, a drag and drop interface, where you kind of just drag data sets on top of each other, do your joins, and the queries are automatically generated and federated to your source systems. So the queries are being run on your source hyperscalers, and then that data is being federated to wherever you're ending up consuming it. So it's a super simple, easy drag and drop interface. And then additionally, if you want to get a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more control, you have a SQL interface where you can kind of really get into the nitty gritty and kind of optimize what your kind of SQL statements and what data you want to get. And then in addition to that, to optimize across speed and all different latency, all those different kind of things, you can kind of leverage the various data warehouse cloud kind of interfaces of bringing your data sources close together, location, um, leveraging the kind of data warehouse cloud cache and memory services and all these different things. So you, you as a data engineer, you kind of really have full flexibility and leverage to kind of optimize for your unique scenario. Okay, thanks for giving that insight. So if we are moving data, you know, from one cloud to another, there could be egress charges, isn't it? Um, so no, so actually you're, you're not actually getting any egress charges. The only charges you have are for whatever the charges to run the query on that system, but you're not getting charged for egressing that data. And then because data warehouse cloud is federating that data, the query is run on the source system. So you're getting charged for that query, but then you're not getting charged for the egress or for wherever it ends up because you're not actually storing it in that location. You get to, you're not getting charged for double data pretty much. You're getting charged for just what you were already paying for that native storage and then whatever the query is and then you're not charged for accessing any of that. So it's kind of the beauty of this architecture is now you're no longer charged for egress or for the cost of maintaining it in a second system. Yeah, just to add on to that, 
the whole federation architecture for DWC helps reduce that overall ETL. So the overall cost of ownership comes down because essentially you're not moving or extracting data out or moving it around or duplicating it or replicating it. Wonderful. I mean, that absolutely sounds music to my ears. Uh, but guys, don't you think that uh, because of so many components, this is adding to customers' technical debt? Yeah, well, to that point, it kind of re helps reduce the technical debt because where a data scientist before had to take time to data prep, you know, move the data around, extract data out, that total, both time-wise and cost-wise, it's reduced because first, data warehouse cloud's architecture helps have that live connectivity, but then FedML comes into play because now where, you know, in the, the hyperscalers that you wanted to run your machine learning experiments, you would then, the requirement that a lot of the hyperscalers do have is that you have to now move your data into the hyperscalers again, sometimes to run those machine learning experiments. But FedML library kind of helps with you know combining those data sets within DWC so you can really run your machine learning experiments in any hyperscaler that you're connected to. I would say additionally too, because you're kind of creating that semantic layer in DWC, you kind of do your data modeling once, you kind of create that kind of data layer that you like, and then you can consume that across your different BTP products or whatever your business need is. So you kind of just do that data work once and not having to do it again, which kind of reduces your overall tech debt, I would say. And now you kind of have this one way to consume your data in different places. Okay, uh, that cleared my doubt at least. <laughs> I also hear that you mentioned about FedML. So how does DWC and FedML library story fits in this whole interconnected scenario? Yeah, well, I would say FedML, as kind of Jack mentioned, alluded to, it came about because, you know, there was a definitely need, you know, out in the world. So, but FedML is really a addition to this whole federation topic. It's kind of the salt to the salad, but it's definitely much more than that. Because where now you have views of all your data within DWC from all your connected sources, aspect that it allows you to do by running really just a few Python codes, a uh, few lines of Python codes. I'm Jack can definitely talk more about this, but it allows you to now join those data sets together. Uh, where in DWC, you're allowed to see them, you know, in joint tables, but now you're allowed to combine those data sets, whether it's coming from the hyperscaler or, you know, your on-prem or SAP data, and then using that for machine learning. That's wonderful. Uh, and Cameron, just to build up on that, uh, can you also highlight what are those minimum requirements to use an SAP DWC tenant with FedML? Yeah, well, if you have DWC, it should preferably be in the same region as your hyperscaler ML platform. And I would say just beyond that, it's just, you know, uh, credentials for the database user, for them to read and possibly write if they also want to write back. So just having those privileges for the end user is, I would say, those are the key requirements or minimum requirements. 
this is really great and and i really hope that this discussion will definitely make our listeners more curious to try this scenario out by themselves uh, i would like to close the questions with uh, one last one uh, can you please also share some resources that our listeners can check out to get hands on oh yeah definitely so i would say first we have a series of blog posts that i'm sure you will link to both for you know fedml overview uh, but also different scenarios. So we have blog posts, um, one of which Jack has written about for different hyperscalers. So if there's a particular hyperscaler that you know your company uses, there's a blog post about that. Other resources that we do have too is our team, I would say. So what we offer is our team of designers, engineers, and data scientists. First, to understand your landscape. So if you're not sure you know, how, if, Maybe even you don't have DWC or if DWC is not in the question at the moment, or even if it is, if you want to see, you know, if this is something that you can potentially implement and how it would look like given your requirements and landscape, our team offers a sit down with you where we kind of understand your basic requirements, look at your landscape and try to see how you can envision it, you know, given all the requirements that you do have. And we also try to extend it further. So let's say if you have a particular scenario or business use case, and you want to, for example, have some predictions, kind of look into the future, we can certainly you know, show you how it can be done with DWC, FedML, and also try to bring in other components as well, services like SAC as well, because those really work well together with DWC as their integration is tightly coupled. Awesome. So listeners, if you are looking to validate these scenarios in your landscape, don't hesitate to reach out to Jack and Cameron via the resources they just now mentioned. That was really an enriching discussion, Cameron and Jack. With that, on behalf of all our listeners, I would like to thank you that you took out time and gave us a wonderful talk. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was great to talk to you. Those were our experts who talked about how SAP Data Warehouse Cloud and FedML Hyperscaler libraries for Azure can be leveraged for creating an end-to-end -end automated solution for ML experiments on hyperscalers without moving or duplicating data to the hyperscaler. Then we went into understanding how businesses using SAP BTP's services, such as SAP Data Warehouse Cloud, helps them model data coming in from different sources and how FedML uses SAP Data Warehouse Cloud's federation architecture to query the cloud data sources directly via the unified business layer and helps automate the training, building, and deployment using only few lines of code. To read more and try out the features yourself, please refer the show notes. And dear listeners, all the resources that are mentioned, such as blogs, we also have SAP Discoveries Intermissions. Recently, Jack and Cameron also did a wonderful SAP Garage session. All those will be available to you. Please refer the show notes or give us a shout out on our social media channels. You can also drop us an email at platformtalks at sap.com. This brings me to the third and final segment of the podcast where we explore some of the roadmap items of our BTP services 
that will help your businesses run better with intelligence and sustainability at heart. On the API and integration marketplace, this upcoming feature will enable global searches of API metadata, such as tags and resources within SAP API Business Hub. Another feature will enable inline and native rendering of business data graphs, where developers can experience semantically connected business data graphs depicting relations across various line of business APIs. This will also avoid any tool breaks. Secondly, with this new capability in SAP BTP ABAP environment, developers can configure and run predefined CI-CD pipelines for add-on development. Benefits, if you ask me developers listening in, you can detect errors as quickly as possible and prevent integration problems before completing development. Wait, that's not it. Also, while implementing these CI-CD flows during development without having to set up a Jenkins instance is icing on the cake. And all these items that we discussed are planned for Q3 2022 release. Also very important point, you should know that all forward-looking statements are subject to various risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from expectations. You are advised not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements, which speak only as of their dates, and they should not be relied upon in making purchasing decisions. To know more about other roadmap items, please refer our show notes. Talking about businesses running better with intelligence and sustainability at heart, let's hear what customers are doing with SAP solutions. Waycool, India's largest food and agri-tech platform, had a business challenge where Waycool's legacy ERP lagged a finance module, leaving the organization to rely on Tally for their MIS. While this was manageable for one retail store, it compounded the manual interventions with expansion. Adding to this problem was a missing unified dashboard from the ecosystem, making the company lose out on real-time analysis and actionable insights. The solution, SAP s was implemented as the core ERP at 44 plants with three objectives, a modular but interconnected ecosystem, AI-driven embedded analytics, and on cloud accessibility. A collective effort, even with work from home, led to the platform going live in just 22 days. While it often takes years to complete the migration of this magnitude, Vehicle stabilized its end-to-end -end SAP S4 HANA deployment within 60 to 70 days. Hats off to the team and kudos to the team at SAP. To read and know more about Waycool's migration to SAP S4HANA, please refer the show notes. That concludes our episode number 86 of SAP Integration and Extension Talk. I would really like to thank you for tuning in and staying till the very end. If you are listening to us for the first time and there were terms like FedML, Hyperscalers, Data Federation and so on that were not clear to you, please let us know on our social media channels or drop us an email at platformtalks at sap.com so that we can help you understand them. 
plus we are always ears to your feedback so let us know what you liked what you didn't and most importantly what you wish for in the next podcast sharing is caring if you agree to that please share the podcast with your tech friends and family don't forget to subscribe to the podcast leave a rating and a review you can listen to this podcast on various mediums like spotify apple podcasts to name a few with that i was your host god of day aka g reporting and recording from bangalore india talk to you in the next episode until then keep listening keep learning and keep growing cheers